the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. From the heart of New York City and the tri-state area to the most active real estate hotspots across America. Keeping you plugged in to the latest real estate market trends. From mortgage news and legal developments to everything you need to know about buying or selling a property. Benefited by the advice of the experts. Now, here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. And welcome to our third hour of the Big Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman Spring 2022 special here on AM 970, The Answer. I'm Michael Harris and guest hosting, co-hosting with Dottie. And uh, we have been uh, talking to all the big guns from the real estate market. The premise being that spring and summer are the hot season, no pun intended, in a very, very historically hot real estate market set against the backdrop of global uncertainty and changing interest rates. It's a very provocative time. And Dottie, uh, you have uh, had the benefit for uh, several years now of having one of your regular co-hosts being a leader in the field of the law when it comes to real estate. He's a partner in the prestigious firm of Casson and Casson. They have offices all over the country. I think he works out of the Westchester office, so he is particularly expert in the tri-state area. Uh, attorney Steve Ebert. Steve, welcome to our special edition of Ion Real Estate. How you doing? Doing great. Good morning, and so glad to be here. And, and I think you're right. You couldn't pick a better time to uh, start off the season with this show. What are the basic trends right now that a person should know from the legal perspective of today's real estate market? Well, I think there's a number of changes that are going on that people really need to be prepared for. Uh, number one um, is being prepared for the speed of a transaction. When you're really going in and from a buyer's perspective, you're making an offer, um, you really need to make sure that you understand your situation. Um, we see people buying together as couples, not necessarily married, or getting gifts from family, what are some of the tax repercussions and economic repercussions or that, and being prepared on that. When it comes to sellers, um, now that we've gone through a two-year period with COVID, they need to really understand where they are at legally. You know, did they, are they current on their bills? Are there tax considerations that have changed on their end to make sure that we properly prepare and have the right kind of contract that meets expectations and also the timing for the market? Certainly people are responsible for what they do uh, and what they say. When you talk to the bank, you cannot lie. When you uh, make tax returns, you have to be accurate. Um, uh, there's no game here, is there? It's very important for one's own protection that they be responsible to the truth and to the process. Am I right? Absolutely. I mean, you have to be truthful and honest when it comes to your mortgage application. It's a federal crime if you, you know, are not being truthful and honest and you give uh, uh, false information to get a mortgage. And also, you really need to be very careful as to working with a reputable institution, 
and really applying for the product that matches your use. You can apply for a primary residence loan, which would have better terms and is a little bit easier to get approved for when you're, in fact, going to rent out the property and have really an investment loan. So you're absolutely right. You really need to be on target and do what you're supposed to do there. Which brings up another question that um, I think is appropriate. A lot of people um, want to get in on the real estate market. They're buying a second or a third property or perhaps a two or three family home and figuring they'll become a landlord. What are some of the prime things to be concerned with in the landlord business, which I personally have had bad experiences in my own life and I avoid it like the plague? (laughs) But what's your thought as an attorney? Well, you have a lot of very, very successful people who have been landlords and who are landlords, and that is a great way to generate income. Like anything, you need to know the business. Now, I want to separate it a little bit because you brought up a lot of great points. Somebody who's maybe buying a two- or a three-family home versus someone who is buying a property purely for investment. So when you're buying a two- or three-family home, usually – you're going to live in one part of the house and you rent out one or two other units as they're available. So now you have a few things to consider. You have both the living experience element that you would in a primary residence and you have the investment opportunity. And it really works well for a lot of people to help get a little bit more real estate because they're going to have a revenue stream coming in to help support the payment. Now do keep in mind Banks can look at these properties a little bit differently. So what they require in a down payment can be different than if you buy a single family home. And then also you do need to understand um, what it means to have a good lease and a good tenant. You should vet your tenant, make sure you work with a reputable real estate broker because there are rules as to what you're allowed to vet and not to. So you should know, especially if you're buying a property and you're taking over certain tenants that are already within the property. So that's very important to know who they are as opposed to tenants that you're putting in yourself, Um, making sure that they're current, and see how things were done during COVID. The other thing that's important is really having a good lease. I know some landlords say, I don't want to have a lease. It ties up the landlord more than the tenant. But you really want to have something to document Um, the relationship between the two parties, what the fees are, how things are done, insurance requirements, um, and the like. Um, The last part also is I would say with, you know, during the COVID period, there was a freeze on evictions for non-payments. And that was a really difficult period for even a lot of landlords um, because they counted on rent and so forth um, that weren't necessarily being paid. Um, those restrictions and prohibitions on evictions are, are basically gone now, and the courts are now working through the backlog. And I would say the next six months is an interesting time period as the courts adapt and get through that backlog of cases. So that really frames, I would say, the two or three family home purchase. Beautifully put, Steve. To- oh, okay, Thank I just you. want to ask a quick question. I was, I was just uh, gonna- Oh, go ahead, please. No, 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 go ahead. If you had another point, I don't want to interrupt it. I, I just um, have a clever remark I want to make, but I'll save it. <laughs> go, go ahead, and then I'll jump to the no, – no, go, go ahead, and then okay, I'll jump here's to a cle- the – Okay, here's, here's a clever remark. Is it true that lawyers have trouble getting uh, leases because people don't want to rent to lawyers because they're afraid of them? 
Well, it, it it can be. No, there, there's actually a lot of truth to that. You know, it, it's like a lot. Of, it's like a lot of humor. There's a lot of truth behind it. Um, and, and actually, you generally cannot discriminate when it comes to selling or renting property. But you know, maybe we have a bad lobbyist on our end. But lawyers are not a protected class. So um, you know, if you if you don't like the, the lawyer, um, then then you can move on to someone else. I would just say, like everything, uh, depends what kind of law, you know, and, and keep in mind there's good guys and bad guys and everything. I, I assume that. So, so go, go ahead with your final point. And then Dottie uh, probably wants to ask you a question about um, currencies and some of the more digital uh, stuff going on in terms of um, uh, funds in, in, in real estate and elsewhere. But finish your point. Absolutely. I was just going to distinguish if you are, are, are a landlord in a property that you live in, like that two or three family situation, versus a true investment property. And then it's really even more like a business. And the best advice that I can give to a new landlord is you want to have a good relationship with your, with your tenant. You want to have a friendly relationship, but you're also not friends. And it's very important. There's a business relationship that's between the two parties and to maintain that. So, Dottie, jump um, in. Keep that in mind as perspective. Dottie? Yes, I'm a, I'm a believer of buying a two or three family for a starter investment. However, you have to make sure that you allow that you have money just in case you don't rent it or it takes a while to rent it. And again, every state is different, but as Steve will tell you, in New York, to get a tenant out who's not paid rent, it could take you a long time. And you'd have to go through a whole eviction process if they don't. So you really have to have money set aside, you know, for, you know, things that could go happen. And you have to be willing, unless you want to spend the money to get a property manager to manage it, to be willing to get up at midnight if something goes wrong and there's a leak. So I think it's a good investment, but I think for starters, people should buy something close to where they live. Uh, during the break, I was listening to you and Steve talking about cryptocurrency, and you, you were asking oh. some questions about it. Uh, you, want, it, you want to bring that up right now for a moment? Because well, Steve, Steve seems to be I, quite expert on that. Uh, yeah, Steve is an expert on it, and I'm, you know, gravel, I mean, I'm getting my arms around it. And I don't know that we could really do it all in today's show, but maybe Steve could give a little, and then he could continue. Well, I'm that a I'm a believer. We could, I'm a believer. Anything could be summed up within a minute or two if a person tries oh, to. Really? So, Steve, the challenge is yours. All right, I'll I'll accept it. So, first off, there is so much news going on that I would argue that we are in a period that we have not seen about the evolution of currency since 1789 when we adopted the Constitution and went to the dollar. That, that's how fundamental we are from a moment. We have right now, of course, the cryptocurrencies, which people have heard about, you know, the Bitcoin, the Ethereum. You have that crown. But you also have a couple of other things going on, too. Um, on February, um, excuse me, March the 9th, um, the president passed an executive order giving a series of government agencies 180 days to come out with basically a white paper, both on the direction the country should go in on cryptocurrency legality, adoption, um, regulation, as well as the discussion about what's called a central bank digital currency, which would be a digital U.S. dollar, which is different than cryptocurrency. Cryptocurrency being issued by private individuals and organizations a digital dollar would be what we call fiat currency. 
the dollars that you're used to seeing, government-based currency. On top of that, last week, a, a few members of Congress sponsored a bill, which they called the eCash Act, the idea of creating a digital bearer currency. Now, what's the fundamental difference? Blockchain technology is the backbone behind cryptocurrency and is the thought process to be behind the idea of a digital dollar. There is some ledger which tracks the movement digitally of that currency. The idea under this eCash Act would be to have a bearer digital dollar that you could access through your phone. Interestingly enough, though, it solves a privacy issue because literally once that dollar is in your digital wallet, it's not tracked on a ledger. You wouldn't need to have an internet connection on your phone to spend it. But because it would be bearer, like if you lose your wallet with your cash in it, you lost your phone or somehow got stolen, you would lose that digital money. Yeah, that's so scary. What we're seeing right now, oh, sorry, last point, what we're seeing right now is a lot of ideas being thrown out. And, I'll bet. And trying to figure out which direction to go. Well, it's it's comforting to hear that because uh, I'm sure a lot of people are saying, gosh, I, I'm behind the curve on this cryptocurrency thing and this Bitcoin thing. Am I missing out on opportunity? Am I am I not prepared to deal in the new marketplace? Um, uh, am I going to be buried by information that I cannot digest? And uh, I, I guess the, the thing is that people shouldn't feel that way because you're not alone. Am I right? We're all a little bit confused. You seem to have a very good understanding of it. Steve, what can people do to get in touch with you or to um, to get in touch with uh, Kasson and Kasson uh, if they are, in fact, shopping for legal advice? The best way is to send me an email so we can get all of your information. Um, it's the first letter of my first name and my last name, so S for Stephen and then Ebert, S-E-B-E-R-T, at Kassin, C-A-S-S-I-N, L-L-P.com. So if you send me an email, it um, be a great way to connect. And, of course, please call into the show. Any questions, we're happy to take and can help that way, too. Beautiful. We certainly appreciate your being here. And um, starting next week, we'll be opening the phones again uh, to our listeners, and I'll provide other ways to get in touch as well. Steve, uh, as I've mentioned to our other guests, especially Ace, uh, who was with us in the first hour, you and Ace have been just dedicated public servants in terms of the service that you provide to people uh, all across the tri-state area and the country and world online to this program, Ion Real Estate. And I think the, the time is really, really right for somebody with your expertise to share it the way you do. So I, on behalf of myself, and I know Dottie feels the same way. I just say thank you because it's their time, it's Saturdays, and they're, you know, they're, not, they're not getting paid. They're doing this to make sure that the pe- people have knowledge and know what's going on because that's the only way you can make informed decision. And they're not biased. We're just, you know, we just give it to you straight. Absolutely. So, so Steve, Steve Ebert, um, final word? Yeah, no, no, you're happy to do it. And there's so much information. And I think the best thing that we can do, and the show does it in so many different directions, is we're a filter for the audience. You know, you hit it, Michael, so correctly. There is a wealth of information out there. But if you're able to really filter through it, the way you and Dottie do it, the way Ace does it, myself, we can get you right down to the brass tacks that are so important so people can make those educated decisions on these important investments. 
Thank you so much. Uh, it's Steve Ebert, ladies and gentlemen. He's a partner in the uh, prestigious law firm of Casson & Casson. Uh, he's in the uh, Westchester office, and uh, he's a regular uh, part every week of Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman. Uh, usually you can hear him in the 11 o'clock hour. And if you're interested in real estate, it's like having, uh, i got to tell you, Steve, it's like having... Uh, a, a free session with a top legal mind. And we all know how valuable that is. So my best to you and thank you so much for joining us. That's Steve Ebert, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Dottie, uh, we're going to be uh, coming up in the next segment. We're going to talk about psychology because uh, let's mm. face it, the, the, the head and the heart really is at the core of this whole business, isn't it? Oh, especially when it comes to residential that you're going to live in. I would say less when it comes to investment properties, because that's really about business and maybe not your heart. It's about your pocketbook. But basically when you're going to live in something, um, whether you're a buyer or seller, it becomes very personal. And a lot of people really put a lot of their heart in it um, and less business in it. That's what I find well, do you think that um, this is something that can get people in trouble? Um, well, sure, because, you know, I might say to you, and I've had this a million times, well, Donnie, like, I'm so proud of this kitchen that I redid, and it's magnificent, and it's aqua. And I want to say, well, you know, it's beautiful to you, but not many people want to use aqua as their kitchen. And so... You know, sometimes you emotionally do things that you love. And I think that the best advice I give people is, look, if you're doing something that you love in your home that you live in and it's emotional and you don't mind that maybe somebody else isn't going to like it, if you want to sell it, go right ahead. But if you're looking to, like, eventually maybe sell this property or something of that nature, you should take a little emotion out of it and kind of, do something that you think because that will bring you back money because look real estate is most people's largest investment people plan on retiring on the money they get from it so even though it's a place that we love and we live in and we raise our families it also is an investment it's not cheap today (laughs) so you know i think you have to look at it kind of in both ways no question about it. The um, the uh, the way to reach you, um, we, we talked about not taking calls on the program today because we have so many guests and we're trying to get as much information out there. But I want to take a moment to let people know how they can reach you. First of all, uh, they could the, the website uh, for AM 970, The Answer, uh, has uh, all their fine shows as well as the show on it, but people could go directly to your website, which is dottieherman.com, www. There's a lot of dots in there, Dottie. Uh, www.dottieherman.com, a lot of dots. Um, and your email through that is dottie at dottieherman.com. Am I correct? Am I, I want to get the right information to people so they can yeah. reach out to you. And on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, they just have to say Dottie Herman, 
And, um, and they'll the leg- find me. They'll find the legendary Dottie Herman. All right, we have another half hour to go, and we got a lot more information. We have a psychologist, and we have a millennial, and we have Dottie Herman. So um, you are listening to the special Eye on Real Estate Spring 2022 Extravaganza. Michael Harrison and Dottie Herman at your service right here on AM 970, The Answer. More coming your way. This is Greg Floyd, president of Teamsters Local 237. Join me for Reaching Out. We'll talk about the issues that matter the most to working families, union members, and everyone who cares about the future. On the next Reaching Out, Greg welcomes back publisher and editor-in-chief of perhaps the oldest black newspaper in the country, the New York Amsterdam News, Eleanor Tatum. It's Reaching Out, Saturday afternoon at 2.30 with an encore at 9 p.m. on AM 970, The Answer. New York City's first and only life plan community, River's Edge, will soon be built on a 32-acre campus along the Hudson River just minutes away from Grand Central and Riverdale. River's Edge, a community for adults ages 62 and up, provides peace of mind knowing that if your health changes, your needs can be met seamlessly right where you live. You have a life plan with easy access to uninterrupted on-site care at no additional cost, no matter how your needs change. River's Edge, your plan for calm. Call 844-55-RIVER. That's 844-55-RIVER or visit riversedge.org. Balance of nature is fruits and vegetables in a capsule. Changing the world one life at a time. You know, ever since I started taking it, I've really noticed a change in just how I feel. I feel really great all the time. Uh, You know how sometimes in the afternoon when you've been working, you just kind of feel drained or whatnot? Well, with taking the balance of nature... I don't feel that way. I feel like I have energy all day long. It's it's just great. It's a great product. And you guys have been great every time I've called. I mean, Mm -hmm. you guys are just wonderful. And uh, I'm just so thankful that I found your product. And I'm thankful that I have it because, you know, I'll I'll take it from now on because it it makes me feel so great. It really does. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 1-800-2468-751 or go to balanceofnature.com and make sure to receive this special radio offer by using discount code JOE. Hi, Kevin McCullough. Don't miss the Salem Business Breakfast on April the 27th. Hear from an expert panel on all aspects of business. Gain invaluable insights that can't be found anywhere else. And you know it's happening on Wednesday, April the 27th. Back at the fabulous Chaconi Theater at the Bergen Community College in Paramus with legendary attorney Arthur Idala as moderator. Joe Piscopo and the AM 970 morning team will be broadcasting live. A gourmet breakfast from DR Catering will be served. So bring lots of business cards to enter for several great prizes. You'll come away with information, contacts, and motivation to grow your business. That's April the 27th at the fabulous Chaconi Theater at Bergen Community College in Paramus, New Jersey, with legendary attorney Arthur Idala as moderator. Hear from an expert panel on all things uh, related to business. Entry is free, but you must register online at am970theanswer.com. That's am970theanswer.com. The Salem Business Breakfast is sponsored by Magna Flood Inc. Lighting your way. Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. 
And it's Michael Harrison with Dottie Herman on this very special three-hour installment of the real estate show that is uh, the blue chip show on talk radio across America, right out of the studios of AM 970, The Answer, in New York City, and covering the tri-state area and beyond. Real estate, indeed, is hot. And with the spring and the summer upon us, summer coming, uh, spring is here. It's the hot season of a hot market against uncertain times. So uh, it's provocative. And hopefully, folks, uh, this has been a learning experience, a meaningful listening experience. We have another hour, uh, another half hour, rather. And I do want to point out, if you missed any of the show, you can watch it or listen to it, rather, on demand at the AM 970, The Answer website. So, um, Dottie, this is, uh, I was waiting for this segment because I, I love the human element when it comes to business. And as you and I have talked about, Real estate really does, especially if you're talking about residencies. It's the biggest business deal a person makes in their life, for the most part. And it's also one that taps into the emotions. We have a very, very special guest. She is um, known all over the English-speaking world. She's a um, forensic psychologist, a clinical forensic psychologist. She's an author. Um, her latest book is a um, Wall Street Journal bestseller, Happy is the New Healthy. I like that. And she's Dr. Joan Nehal. Dr. Nehal, thank you for joining us. Uh, Dottie Herman here, Michael Harrison with you on Ion Real Estate. How are you? I'm really well. Are you happy? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Very happy to be on your show, and I'm pleased to be able to share some of my tips with you and your audience. Okay, well, um, would you agree, uh, for starters, that um, emotions um, play a role just like rational thinking in the real estate game? Well, you know, in the Journal of Advanced Research in 2002, the researchers found that emotions outweigh rational thinking two to one when evaluating a home purchase. Did you know that? No, I didn't. That's uh, that's why yes. we have you here, to uh, to give us a little more insights so, into this phenomenon. So here's, here's the thing. If you look at ads, you connect with the ones that affect you emotionally, happy, sad, whatever. And your personal history will influence your decision to buy a home. Smell, colors, visual appeal, even sounds. It's your visceral reaction to seeing a home that sells it. So I like the way I'm you mentioned saying, smell. That's a big one. But go on. Yes, it is. You know, because, look, when you're buying a home as a purchaser, it's, it's your major investment for most people it is. And they want a return on their investment. They want to know that this home represents where I want to be and how I want to be perceived. And then you have the empty nesters to deal with as well as realtors. And you might say, okay, maybe we, they should buy a loft. But no, the empty nester prefers the suburbia because it makes him feel young. See? Emotion. Mm. So how, about, how about being a show-off? Uh, is there the mm -hmm. element of showing off because you want, you want to impress people with the, the size of your McMansion or um, what part of town you live in, and that can take you past your means? Absolutely. And, you know, that brings me to the point, I don't know if you've heard this term before, but we're all guilty of what I call confirmation bias. What we're is that? that? That is, we select information that supports our preconceptions. For example, when, when I'm buying a home, 
I'm emotionally invested in it. I'm psychologically invested in it. As you said, you know, your McMansion. I really enjoyed that term, by the way. I haven't heard that for a while. But, you know, so you look at a home and you say, oh, my goodness, this is exactly where I want to be in life. You know, people are going to perceive me as super wealthy, et cetera, et cetera. And so psychologically, you are already biased to buying that home. Never mind it has a leaky basement, but you say to yourself, well, you know, it's just mold. We'll air it out. It'll be fine. You know, it's an old home. So when you're psychologically invested invested in a property, you think of new friends I'll make, the new community, the desire for status, as you said very appropriately. What are my expectations? What are my fears? Look, Matthew Sachs says, you hook the person with emotions and reel them in with intellect. This is what I mean by that. For example, you go into the home, you talked about smells. Mm, that smells like granny's cookies. You know, my grandma's mm. cooking was, oh, that makes me feel this is very homey. That's your emotion. And the first time buyer or whoever, say, you say, yeah, and you know what? It's solar efficient. So you hook them with emotion, you reel them in with emotion. They've got the uh, idea that it is solar efficient. And then you say, and can you imagine the patter of little feet as you grow your family there? Now, that's an example of what Matthew Sachs talks about when you say, hook them with emotion and reel them in with intellect. And I like to say, and end with emotion as well. Because, you know, realtors in Canada, I'm in Canada at the moment. You know, I have a home in Arizona as well. But in Canada, realtors like to stage a home. And when you stage a home, in my opinion, what you're doing is you're hiding some defects in the home. So I was selling our big home recently, a 5,500-square-foot house, absolutely gorgeous. And the realtors, because we wanted to downsize, you know, we no longer had children at home. And the realtor said, you've got to invest in 10000 a month in staging it. And I said, I definitely won't. And wow. guess what? It's all it sold in a matter of weeks yeah, because I yeah. said the house would sell the way it is because it was marble floors. Everything was just gorgeous in the house. Yeah. So that brings me to something else that you want to look at, not just confirmation bias in which, you know, what I was saying there is you make a decision, psychological decision, you're emotionally invested in the house, and then you can get all the information to support the fact that I want this house. Look, there was a time when I was in taking in my car for servicing in the Lexus dealership. And I saw one of my patients. And I said to him, what are you doing here? And he said, well, I'm going to get rid of my BMW. I'm going to buy a Lexus. And I said, why are you going to do that? And he said, well, because it's much better than my car. And I said, really? Do you have any Uh proof of that? You see confirmation bias. And I said, furthermore, have you spoken to your wife about this? Oh, she's just a wet blanket. I said, you don't want to waste money in marriage counseling. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the the automobile industry is is very close to the real estate industry in terms of people buying with their heads, with their hearts and not their heads. Uh, Very, very similar. I love the term confirmation bias. My my strong my strong area of uh, is is news and current affairs as presented in the media. And I call it because it's more than just confirmation bias about a house. I call it the daily dance of affirmation. People want to hear commentary and news that supports their political and social beliefs as well. And there's an awful lot of that going on nowadays. Do you find, uh, just briefly, give us maybe a 30-second answer. Do you find when people shop around for a psychologist, they're looking for somebody who will make them feel better about themselves, <laughs> more so than necessarily someone will help them improve? You know, that's a very interesting question. And the answer I would say straight up is yes. In fact, does therapy really make you happy? 
<laughs> but uh, that's taking us in, uh, that's taking us somewhere else but i want well, to i'm going to buy your new book and that'll make me happy because i love the term happy is the new healthy one more question and and i i have a feeling you'll be able to answer it i've heard the term anchoring and adjustment bias how does that relate to the process of the psychology you know, of real estate well here's the thing so you have a client and the client has given you X amount of dollars, this is my budget, and this is what I'm looking for. So you take the client through 20 horrible-looking homes, well, within the price range, you know, and the client at that point is absolutely exhausted, and then you show them one half-decent one, and the client jumps at it and says, wow, this is exactly what I need. That is uh, adjustment bias, because they're exhausted at that point, and then you show them one, and you don't have to exhaust them, but you just show them the plethora of houses that within that price range, and then one of them that actually meets some of their criteria, they're going to jump at it. But mm. I want to go back to something else that you said, and that is how, how can psychology boost your sales in real estate? And I think this is where I can come in and say to you, there are some things that you absolutely must look for. You have to know your target. You have to know what these people want. In Canada, we use SurveyMonkey. Do a survey to find what people really want. You know that people are going through prolonged grief now because it's been two years of a pandemic and other global issues. So we have to sort out what it is that they're looking for in a home. Know your target. Another thing is do something kind for your client. And I'm not talking about the pen or the uh, calendar that I get assailed with every year. I'm talking about giving your clients a maid service when they've bought their home and they're exhausted, or giving them a meal, or saying, here, I'm going to give you some money to pay for the gardener if you have a garden. Those things are out of the box, and that's what is going to go a long way in your industry because you have created trust, you have created a brand, and people see you now as someone that's familiar, someone they can trust as much as they trust cornflakes. You know, so you use social media for that. Get people to put posts on how happy they are with you. We have a guy, he's so funny, he calls himself Man Creep is your man. And he has that on all the bus terminals and everywhere else. What, what does that do? Again, it hooks people in and they think this is someone we're going to trust. It's branding. And imitate the qualities that you want other people to see in you. So you think of a realtor whom you admire and then start emulating his qualities. And by that, what you do is you're establishing reciprocity with the other person. The other person says, hey, you're just like me. And then one little tip as well is, did you know that you could get people to agree with you just quite simply by imitating their nonverbal behavior? <laughs> Realtors like to talk. Well, why don't you just be quiet for a moment and start nodding your head when your client nods his head or her head practice the smile that they practice if you do those things you know what happens you're like birds you achieve right. to the other place. well folks be careful if your realtor is nodding at everything you say they're they're right. doing you uh, <laughs> Do dr joan Nehall, quickly what's your website jonasnehall.com okay that's the way people to reach you and your book is happy yeah. is the new healthy among others you've written what a pleasure talking to you thank you for contributing to this program delightful Thank you. That's Dr. Joan Nehal, folks. Dottie Herman and I are going to jump into a whole recap of this. Uh, the producer of our show, a young realtor in his own right, uh, Kyle Lee, will be with us as well. And you are listening to a very, very special presentation of Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman for spring and summer 2022. Michael Harrison on board with it at AM 970, The Answer. 
had a little trouble social distancing from our refrigerators, and our waistlines have suffered. However, Skechers would like to help you get back on track with our incredible Go Walk footwear, because once you put on Skechers Go Walks, they're so comfortable, you'll be inspired to get out there and start walking. Skechers is the comfort technology company, and Go Walks are fully loaded with all the comfort and performance innovations you need. Find the number one walking footwear in the world, Skechers Go Walk, for men and women at Skechers.com, a Skechers store, or wherever stylish footwear is sold. You're the one everyone looks to for answers. Come rain or shine, the job must get done. And you're the one who makes it happen. We get you, Jackie and Fresno, putting your employee safety first. And Manny in Chattanooga, whose local Granger team knows him by name. We're here for you and all the ones who get it done. With 24-7 customer support and access to product specialists to help you find what you need. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, I just spoke to my buddy Alex Cancella at Route 22 Toyota, and he told me that anyone looking to beat these ridiculous gas prices should get over to see them at Route 22 Toyota in Hillside, New Jersey. That's because they've got one of the area's largest inventories of new Toyota vehicles, including the most fuel-efficient vehicles, like the 39-mile-per-gallon Toyota Camry, the 41-mile-per-gallon RAV4 Hybrid, or the one that started it all, Toyota Prius, which gets a combined 56 miles per gallon. No need to re mortgage your house just to fill up the tank. Call Route 22 Toyota at 973-705-8905. Let them show you which fuel-efficient Toyota is right for you. Plus, they're making it easier than ever to get out of your gas guzzler by offering 125% of book value on your trade. That's right, any make, any model. 973-705-8905. Schedule an appointment at Route 22 Toyota. They'll give you 125% book value towards a fuel-efficient Toyota. And remember, tell them Joe Piscopo sent you. Holland Christian Home is a Christian home for seniors, a place that will treat your loved one with kindness and respect. Located in North Haledon, New Jersey, Holland Christian Home is filled with fun activities, delicious meals, medical care, and more. Founded more than 125 years ago, Holland Christian Home provides the physical, social, and financial needs to care for seniors. Go to hchnj.org or call Charlotte at 973-807-3245. Call Holland Christian Home to discuss how they can care for your aging loved one with residential living a permanent life care program and respite care you'll have peace of mind that your mom or dad aunt or uncle friends and loved ones are in a warm and loving community daily chapel services are included hchnj.com or call 973-807-3245 holland christian home will care for your aging loved one with kindness and respect hchnj.org or 973-807-3245 holland christian home ask for charlotte Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. And we are in the final home stretch here, <laughs> no pun intended, <laughs> the home stretch on the home show, uh, Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman, Spring 2022 Special. And if you're just tuning in and missed out on all the action, this uh, program will be on the website of AM 970, The Answer. Um, probably until it's obsolete, and hopefully that won't take, uh, you know, hopefully and that won't happen too quickly. it'll be on our website. It'll be right. on also Iron Real Estate. Or you can listen to it on our website also. Right. So, Dottie, uh, <laughs> did you wince when the psychologist was giving well, tips no, to, I didn't to get realtors? A tip to <laughs> I know. Okay, I, okay. I know. however, just in, in just summing up what she basically, I think, was saying, 
many times the buyer will tell you, they'll come in and they'll say, I, I want this, 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 and this. And you show them exactly what they want, and they don't want it. And I'll say, well, you, well, we showed you exactly what you wanted. And then all of a sudden, you'll see they bought something else in an area they told you they didn't want. Okay, at a price they told you they didn't want. Oh, my. Okay. Okay. And, you know, somebody said, well, buyers are liars. I said, no. What happens is they give you a criteria and then something emotional happens that makes them fall in love with something that they might have not realized they wanted. So a realtor has a really hard job in balancing what someone tells them they want and, of course, uh, and then what they think they might like. And so usually not to offend anyone because someone said, well, Dottie, I told you I don't want to see anything more than this or I didn't want to look in this area. I would say to them, look, do me one favor. I know this is not the exact area you wanted, but let me just show you the house because I think this is the right house. Do me a favor, come see it anyway. And they would. And many times that's the one they bought. So, you know, it's, it, is, it is emotional, and you might think, you know, everything that you have written down, and then you fall, and then you walk into something and you fall in love with it. Mm. And, the, and, 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 and again, not to get into it today, the only problem happens is when a husband and wife has two, or the, the two people buying it have two, two different emotional uh, needs. But it, it is very emotional. But hopefully... Everyone will be practical, too, because it's a big investment. And I think you have to use your emotion and a little bit of your brain power, too. I once had an interesting experience along those lines. It was about um, 10, 12 years ago. I I was on the market looking for a studio apartment, a a small studio apartment on the west side. And um, I I had a relationship with a realtor, and she took me to this one and that one. And it was about a month of looking around and doing stuff. And we found an apartment that she took me to. And we walked into the apartment, and she said to me, Michael, ah. This is not for you. You are, I, I, Do not take it. And she listed about five or six reasons why this place was just wrong for me. Meanwhile, I'm looking at it and going, bingo, this is the place. Right. <laughs> you, you should have seen the look on her face when I said, no, I want this. And she had just gone through this whole song and dance, you know, either endearing herself to me or it was just her opinion of what I would like. And even though we had been working together for more than a month, she didn't hit it. And it was such a funny, awkward moment because uh, can you picture it? You know, the realtor is telling the realtor saying, don't buy this. And you're saying, this is what I want. I'm stupid. <laughs> you know, go for it. And, and of course, she, she pivoted and sold it to me. But uh, all kinds of weird psychological. Yeah, no, uh, and I had a uh, my accountant when I was looking for a home in the Hamptons. And I really didn't have any money to speak of. And he said, this is your budget. You can't spend a penny more. And I fell in love with this home. And it was way too much money. So, you know, I kept on looking and looking. I was called the customer from hell. I didn't have offices in the Hamptons yet. So oh I was a customer. Okay. And they called me the customer from hell. Okay. I saw everything. And this house kept on staying in my mind. And it was well over my price range, but I went back. I finally went back to it, and I got the builder to 
give me a, a, a pretty big break, but it was still above my price range. And then I called the mortgage company, and in those days, and I'm talking 25 years ago, hey, Daddy, you want the house? It's yours. Hey, I mean, it wasn't really about credit. I mean, I had good credit. I mean, it was just about, you know, I mean, they were a lot looser with mortgages. That's why so many people didn't keep it. But I I ended up being, it was the best investment that I ever bought. And people said to me, what are you crazy? Who do you think you are? Like, you don't have the money to do that. My husband said, what do you, I didn't tell him. Hmm. I didn't even tell him. I bought on the, okay. And it turned out. So, I, you know, I think you have to use a little bit of both. Um, but it is emotional when you're going to live in it. If you're buying an investment property, it's really not about emotion. It's really about dollars and cents. Yeah, yeah, to, to, to a much greater degree. Hey, Kyle Lee, the producer of the show. Now, um, full disclosure, Kyle's 29 years old. He's an up and rising star in the real estate business. He's a realtor uh, with uh, Douglas Elliman. And uh, in addition to being a producer of this show and um, a pretty cool guy, Kyle, uh, you specialize in dealing with millennials and uh, first time buyers and people in their 20s. Uh, first of all, what do you think of the show? Do you feel we covered a lot of ground that is of value to young people? I think tons of value. I think it's you know it's very beneficial for people too, especially that are new in real estate. It's uh, it's free advice. I mean, can't go wrong with that, and especially in a very tight market that we're in, especially in New York and in Florida for sales and rentals. Inventory is very tight, and people need to move fast. And what knowledge is, your- is power. What is your what is your basic overview? What is, what is your opinion of things that we should know and that young people should know? Or just tell us about the mindset of younger buyers in today's real estate market. When it comes to younger buyers, my advice to them would be to be ready. Have your assets and financial financials in order. Be ready to go into contract. If you're looking for a rental, be ready to move. I'm for example, I'm personally looking for a rental in New York, and I was looking at one in particular, and the agent said, oh, you know, we went on the market one day, and she said, oh, I have a full price, full price offer already. And for me, I was like, oh, no, I wanted that apartment, but, you know, I didn't have my tax returns ready, you know, to send off immediately, and that, you know, so you learn by example, and you need to be ready. There's no time to waste. When it comes to a rental, have your application, have two years tax returns, have everything in order, and literally be ready to strike. What about relationships? What about relationships uh, going forward? Should people keep in mind that they might wind up having a partner, they might wind up getting married, they may wind up uh, uh, with a different business? Uh, there's so many things that can happen to change one's life when one is in one's 20s as opposed to somebody looking to downsize at the age of 60 or um, midlife buying. Uh, do you advise your clients on on how to look to the future and plan it in their current purchase? I do. I was working with actually a client yesterday, and I said to her, I said, think five years ahead. I said, yeah, you might not need this space now, but you can afford to buy it now. And who knows, in three years you might, you know, you're getting married, you might have a child. Think five years down the line. That's all very important. Dottie, what are your thoughts about all this? Well, I think, I, I, you know, I think the average buyer is, you know, a little bit older than maybe 15 years ago, but they're in their 20s, early 30s. And I think that 
most millennials want to buy, okay? And they're savvy about it. And we talked about it a little bit last week, but uh, some of the millennials are on two and three homes already, okay? Uh, they have built the empires on it. And what they're doing, because everyone should know this, in the last couple of years, your equity, I don't care what you have, it's gone way up. Now, if you've had a house for 20 years, it's really gone up. But even if you bought the house in three, the last three years, your equity has gone up. When you have equity in a property, you are sitting on dead money. Whether the house goes up, whether the house goes down, okay, it's not going to be the amount of equity you have is not going to make a difference in the price. So that money really is not working for you. And I think that a good financial advisor, and I think we've covered, Ace might have covered a little bit, if you can take out an equity loan, which means you don't have to use it. You just have it on the side. If you don't use it, you don't pay anything. But if there's an opportunity, and many of the millennials, what they do is they buy a house, they pull out a little bit of equity, okay, and then they buy a second house. Right, right. Okay. Uh, so just but, but, but whether you do it for buying a house, you do it to pay for your kids' college or to pay off credit, remember, the money that you put down is not going to make you any more money. The house of the price, the price of the house is going to go up or down regardless of how much equity you have. Mm-hmm. Okay? So if you, you don't want to take all your equity out, you don't want to go to Vegas and blow it, but maybe if you took a little bit of equity out and either paid off some credit card debts with at a much higher interest rate, or maybe you have a child that needs to get educated and has to go to college, or you want to do something. I mean, it's just something to look about because, you know, most people don't really look at that. And, and, and the only reason people got hurt in, the, um, in 2008 was they – took equity out of 90, like they took 80% of their house equity out, okay? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then they had to sell it. So I'm not saying to go overboard, but remember, we've had so much appreciation that most people are sitting on a lot of equity that there might be an opportunity to do something to make more money. Okay, that's it, ladies and gentlemen. I, three hours have gone by pretty quickly. I hope it's been a meaningful listening experience for everybody. You can hear it again at uh, DottieHerman.com. Dottie Herman, it was my honor to sit in with you. You are oh, a legend Michael, in the real estate business. Just you're amazing. a legend, and thank you so much. It's been such an honor to have you on Thank you, thank you. And Kyle Lee, thank you for joining us. And a brilliant career ahead of you in the business. We'll be talking more. That's it, folks. I on Real Estate with Dottie Herman. This has been the Spring 2022 Special at AM 97. I on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A. Hi, everyone. It's Arthur Idala, and I'm here to tell Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.